You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media accounts. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. In this episode, we have Eric Don Lucas, who is the scholar contact for the Community for Excellence. Eric will talk to us about his experiences transitioning from a college student to a professional. Eric is a Trio alum and is ready to share with us about his experiences, not only in college, but what a professional, being a professional and what that means for him. So coming up, Eric Don Lucas in the program. If you would ever like to be featured in Let's Talk Trio, please send us a message through Facebook on Let's Talk Trio and we can discuss when we can have you on the episode. We are putting out episodes at least once a month and we are still seeking uh, people who want to be interviewed. While we do have a log and requests for interviews, it's just an exciting opportunity to be able to record all these stories. Listening to these stories makes me reflect on the progress that TRIO programs have made. Another thing to bring up is this is episode number 20 for Let's Talk TRIO. So we are on our 20th episode and we could not be more excited. I believe that uh, the podcast continues to grow and it's showing a lot of momentum. So continue supporting us, continue sharing and telling people about the podcast. I feel like this overall, it's going to continue growing. Without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Thank you, everybody, for downloading the Let's Talk Trio podcast. In this episode, we have Eric Don Lucas, who is joining us. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good so far. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be part of this interview. Your interview has been a long time coming. I kept saying since last semester <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. in the fall of 2018, That's true. we should get you to interview. And <laughs> we didn't actually get to interview till now, summer 2019. So yeah. my apologies. Sorry for the delay. It's all right. I like to keep the anticipation build. You did. And as you were walking in the room, I kind of felt the anticipation kind of building still. I was like, okay, we need to get the questions. Got to let them know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, Eric, uh, you uh, were a TRIO participant uh, and currently work at Colorado State University. So, can you, before we get into the warm-up questions and to the actual questions, give the audience a little sense of uh, what type of TRIO program you participated in and, and uh, yeah, your, what your participation in TRIO looked like. Yeah, of course. Um, it was towards the end of my high school, um, my high school time. I was about a junior, yeah, about a junior when I first was contacted by Talent Search, actually. Um, I'm, I'm from Brighton High School. Okay. So Bob, Bob is my guy. Bob, oh yeah, <laughs> Bob, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he reached out, he put me out of class and stuff, and then that's how I got into Talent Search. Um, I was able to go to the New York trip, the summer trip with him. Oh wow, what year was that? Yeah, right. don't, don't make me feel old, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was in between my uh, junior and senior year. Let's All just right. put it that way. Let's just put it between junior and senior year, says Eric. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then after that, I mean, I came to CSU um, with that partnership award from Talent Search. And then as soon as I graduated, um, I still stayed involved with TRIO, and I was a, a TC, a tutor counselor for Up oh, or wow. Down, They're yeah. the new upward bound 17 summer program mm-hmm. and then they extended it for two extra weeks so i 
help them to take a group of students to San Diego to do more college visits. So that's amazing. It was pretty cool. That's awesome, Eric. Uh, so you landed in Trio through the recruitment of Talent Search through Bob, who helped you be part of the Trio programs. Was college something you always dreamed about going, or was that kind of in, in the back of your mind? Tell us a little bit about your thought process. Actually, I never even knew what college was. I didn't know what college existed. I just thought after high school comes work. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, and then the ACT started coming in. I'm like, okay, what's this for? Um, and then they kind of told me like it's a number, like your test score is just a number. It helps you get into colleges. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started asking about college. And it was really until the summer program, the summer trip that I went to in New York when I did all the college visits where I got to see what college was. And then I did the life program here. I forgot to mention that. I did the life program here at CSU. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is what college is. We worked on like um, resume and application letters and all that stuff so okay. that's yeah it started in talent search when i thought about college that's amazing that's awesome so now we're going to go into the kind of the warm-up questions so that we we got a good background about you and your trio experience um i wanted to get into kind of more of the personal and uh warm-up questions for you all right uh so as a professional you had the opportunity to attend the naspa conference this uh, last week uh, for first-generation student success. Can you give us a summary of what you liked about the, the conference or what you learned? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I just kind of got thrown in there, but it was pretty awesome. It was my very yeah. first conference that I attend that's like a big out-of-state conference like this. Um, still to this day, there's like a quote that I keep thinking about. Um, I don't remember it verbatim, but it meant like us as universities were failing students. And what they meant by this is how we don't really notice individual students that are struggling or not doing so well. And then we just refer them to so many different resources. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see some of that here. Um, here in some departments, it's more personalized so it's less than other um, institutions sure but um that's the biggest thing that I got take uh, I brought with me um, how can I more personalize my experience with each individual um, student and not refer them to one office and then that office refers them to another office right so it's just kind of like all right get them direct to the point and get them what they're asking for right on but apart from that one all sessions were pretty good um, and I I noticed that CSU is actually doing really well yeah. um, in the student success for first-generation students. I would tend to agree. I think that in, in some cases, right, CSU is uh, at the forefront of what um, student initiatives or student success looks like. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an anecdote about your trip to Orlando? Uh, did you get to do any sort of um, personal trips to go to Disney World or anything <laughs> like that? I didn't go to like Disney World or Universal Studios, but I did do like the Disney Springs, which is just the shops around it, and then City Walk, which is the shops around Universal Studios. Um, yeah, I actually went into the Marvel store. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric is recalling the moment we we all there was three of us, uh, you, myself, and, and Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. We went to the Marvel store. <laughs> yeah, um, I got kind of scared when you took the Infinity Gauntlet. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> so people are gonna start fading away from existence. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was yeah. a, a great trip overall. It was. Um, yeah. yeah, I was able to enjoy the nice hot humidity from Orlando and yeah. walk around in pretty much a suit <laughs> like yeah long sleeve long yeah. pants so Not but it was bad. a good one walking around get to know a new city absolutely. while being around people who are all in the same field absolutely yeah. that's i think that's important when we network as professionals to when we get to know other people from different universities or different institutions and how they contribute and what they're doing for student success uh i think the audience also wants to know um as a professional, you must have been to several conferences. Is this your first major one, or have you been to others? It's my first major one. I have been to a, a few very little, um, smaller conferences. Um, I guess the next big one is the one in Denver, Keeping the Dream Alive. Okay. Um, other than that, all of them have just been um, smaller conferences for CSU staff here at CSU. Right on. Yeah. So I have a follow-up uh, question for you regarding um, conferences and all of that. Uh, this whole idea of first generation, first generation students, and TRIO being kind of born out of that to address first generation low income students. Um, why do you think it is it's still important to serve first generation students? Why is that important? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear this is equity versus equality. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to serve these first generation students because they don't get the same like training in a way, like the training to come into college as n not non first generation students. So like continue. Um, Continuing gen students, is that how you say it? Oh, yeah. yeah good. I'm not sure how you say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to, yeah. like, to for the students that have parents that graduated yes. from college, and then they, mm -hmm. so the second, I guess, second generation or third generation yeah. students that so the process. They usually have a parent to go to for questions about, like, application or major changes or any questions that all most of our first generation students um, come to us. So I feel like it's so important to narrow that gap and would they all have someone to go to for the questions that they need. Absolutely. I think it's uh, very important that what you just addressed is uh, really trying to help, re help recruit, retain, and help those students succeed um, as they go through college. Uh, it's uh, very vital. I think that uh, sometimes uh, some administrations overlook that, and mm -hmm. they don't see the powerful impact that TRIO makes on first generation. Uh, so uh, I, I have to apologize, Eric, because we didn't even get to your title of what you do <laughs> here. Uh, can you tell us, what do you do at Colorado State? Yeah, I'm a, um, my title is Scholar Success Specialist, and my main role is to be a scholar contact for a group of students. Um, every Scholar Success Specialist has different scholarships that they work with. Mm -hmm. My specific one is the First Generation Award. Oh, right, right on. <laughs> and um, Perfect. I have a group of students from that are receiving the Denver Scholarship Foundation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so your job, it, it entails how, what exactly? As you meet with the students, what do you yeah. do? What do you, what do you cover? Um, 
we pretty much just meet with the students to make sure they are meeting the requirements. That's the main reason of the one-on-one. -on -one. And then in these one-hour conversations that we have, it's just a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, we just talk about anything that has happened in school, in classes, or outside of school, families, personal, living situations, pretty much anything that is going on with the student that can affect them in their academics, we talk about it. If there's like nothing to talk about and you want to talk about Netflix, we talk about Netflix or anything like that. Yeah. So your meetings are really open to pretty much any topic, but really the meat of it is trying to hold students accountable to their goals of meeting the scholarship requirement. That's correct. And you serve first generation students. That really speaks to uh, also the TRIO programs as well. Do you, get in tr do you get a lot of TRIO students that go through your office? Yeah, actually all of them. All of them, I was, wow. I was going to say most, but I'm pretty confident it's all TRIO students that come to CSU will be in the Community for Excellence. So I won't see all of them, but they will all be in the Community for Excellence because every TRIO program has a partnership mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. CSU and then it is housed in the Community for Excellence. Okay, and, and that's the department you work for, the Community yes. for Excellence. Yeah. Right, right on. Uh, so you being their uh, scholar, scholar contact or scholarship contact, uh, you're mentoring them through all, all of this. What has been the most rewarding part of your job so far? I think the success stories that I hear. Okay. Um, I had one student who I followed up after graduation, um, and there's like she was still thanking me and saying thank you for all your help even after she graduated, and now she's working and like enjoying life. That's good. After graduation, so those are what I enjoy the most is like, okay, I'm actually doing something here. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you been in the position here, Eric? So I've been working with the First Generation Award for two semesters already. So I just started in August of this past year. Um, but it was two different like position titles, but same role. Same role. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say has been some of your challenges here at Colorado State as a scholar contact and working for the community for excellence. Yeah, since I'm kind of new, um, <laughs> getting all the students to know me and getting the students to come in and uh, kind of share what their goals and their struggles. Sometimes they don't want to share all this information with someone new. Absolutely. I think so. uh, just based on some of my experiences, students have a hard time communicating their challenges and communicating their struggles. Yeah. Uh, it's not until after the mid-semester that they start going, oh, I should have talked to somebody about this yeah. before. So, yeah. yeah, and when it's someone new, they're less inclined to do so. So that agree. was my struggle to build that rapport. Uh, so your success and your challenges at CSU kind of come up with uh, it's still student-centered. Uh, can you tell us a, a little bit about uh, what you look forward to at CSU? Like as you continue being the scholar contact, what is something that keeps drawing you to CSU? Apart from the students, because that's my main role here is just to serve the students and be here with the students. Yeah. Um, apart from the students, um, the atmosphere that I work with, um, even like even colleagues outside of my unit, um, they're all willing to help and support each other or me. They're all willing to support me. Like I can walk over to um, undeclared advising and ask questions or health professions and they always answer and help me because all of our goals are pretty much the same, which is to serve students. So I think the atmosphere that I work with and my colleagues um, really get me here. Is this your first professional position? 
It is, yes. Oh, wow. So, so uh, CSU. As soon as I graduated, I've been working at CSU. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I think that that's amazing when a university can recruit its own talent back into the home institution because uh, they value that student and they want to make it, uh, make them into a professional and see them flourish and grow. So that's yeah. amazing. Good yeah. on you, Eric. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, what other aspirations do you have? I mean, aside from working at Colorado State University, uh, do you th do anything outside of your position that uh, helps you maintain balance in your life? Um, I mean, I kind of enjoy working here, and most of the things I do outside of work are still related to CSU. Um, I want to plan a trip, a cultural immersion trip, with students and I mean that's here but if it's completely out of it like completely out of CSU like I need to shut off my um, I, uh, I like to just wash my cars wash listen your cars. to music right on um, maybe watch some Netflix I don't really I'm not really watching any specific show right now <laughs> but just kind of browse around um, or just hang out with my siblings all right right yeah. on so I'm going to throw kind of a curveball question because I, I went personal now. I'm going to go back to your professional position. All right. Um, how do you engage students? What do you do to connect with them? Uh, in what capacity? Is it my one-on-one -on -one capacity? Is it my social events that I create or? All of them. Let's, let's go with all of them. All of them. Um, first, I'd just like to introduce myself. Um, this is what I did my first year here because this is the first time I was meeting them so they're like okay who is this stranger and like why am I going to share everything so I like to introduce myself kind of break the ice a little bit for them um, share, share myself like I have share a little bit about my family where I'm from and then I gave them a little bit of background on why I was talking to them like um, like you probably met with this person before I'm kind of in the place of that person right now. Um, and then I say, I just kind of leave it open for whatever they want to share. And then based on what they share is where I follow up with okay. um, questions and I just kind of dive deeper into that conversation. Yeah. That's more on the one-on-one. -on -one. And then for social events, um, it's a lot more casual, less, a lot less formal. Um, I just say like, where's everyone from? Um, What's your favorite type of food? Right. Kind of like easy questions like that. So kind of those nice warm-up questions where students are able to uh, connect with you on various levels and, and really figure you out while you're figuring them out. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, a, that's a good way of engagement, I think. That's yeah. uh, really good to kind of break the ice that way. Yeah. Uh, you being a TRIO participant gives you also an edge with first-generation students, right? It does. That's I, almost all of them. I'm not going to say all of them because I'm not too sure. But almost all of my conversation, my one-on-one -on -one conversation, I did say I'm a first-generation student as well. Uh -huh. um, and that's just something like, okay, that's something we have in common. It's a good starting point. And then Absolutely. they say, oh, I'm a first-generation too. So and then we build it off of that. So it does help, like, start the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And then I have noticed that a lot of the struggles are similar. Mm -hmm. um, they're not all the same. We all have a a few different stories um, and experiences but most of our struggles are the same and then you can kind of see their face like light up and like their or their eyes widen when they see like okay this is an advisor working at CSU who was in the same boat as me I'm like okay I can do this kind of yeah. like that kind of sensation yeah their shoulders kind of 
lower a little bit like they're more relaxed so that's good so what are some of those barriers or challenges that you're noticing with students what what is something what is something that's getting in the way of their success or if not in their success just something that they view as a challenge a lot of i have met with a lot of students who say they don't want to ask for help they don't want to go to office hours oh wow that's Um, interesting yeah they just i don't know if they're scared i don't want to like put words in their mouth but not asking for help is one of a common trend, I guess, that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and then as they're talking to me about where they're struggling, they're not really asking for help, but or directly, they're not asking for help directly. But then I'm like, okay, how about you? I connect you with this person. And then I would connect them via email. And then the professor or staff or faculty that I connect them with reaches to them. And then I have I've had the students come back and be like, okay, thank you, that really actually helped. Like, oh wow, yeah. One student in particular came back and said, yeah, I don't really like to ask for help because I believe I can do this all on my own. And then he's like, but I just noticed that sometimes I can't. So that's yeah. the biggest I, one. I think uh, you had a very good point there that first generation students struggle to ask for help because there is a sense of pride that I've gotten this far without help or without support, mm-hmm. I can keep doing it on my own. Yeah, and I think. Part of us as professionals, we have to demystify that, right? We didn't get, uh, you and I as professionals, we didn't get this far without without the help. Yeah. Um, there have been people that played critical roles in our lives to help make that happen. That's correct, yeah. Um, so with asking for help, any other challenges you feel like you're noticing a pattern uh, with first-generation students? I mean, income's always going to be one. Um, that's just, I mean, I work in a scholarship office so we're at least helping a little bit but it's not something we can just all right here's a a thousand bucks go have fun so other than financial um i've had students um, struggling with food so good thing we have a food pantry here at the stadium that i can just walk them over to yeah Uh, yeah. so a lot of finances yeah yeah i think in a perfect world we would give all the money in the world to students to go to college and do all that stuff right that would be that would be amazing um what have been some of your uh, takeaways in your position? What what have been some critical things that you learned? And what are the things that you wish uh, either can be approved upon or uh, done differently? Yeah, good question. Um, something I learned, <laughs> I kind of earned, learned it kind of the hard way, I guess, is um, as a new one, and I'm always gonna have new students every year because the incoming students, um, I can't assume they know who I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, um, so how are you doing in class? They're very, like, reserved and stuff. So that's how I learned. And when I said earlier how I start the conversations, yeah. that's because of that. <laughs> so um, that was that was hard because it was hard to build that rapport right away, especially when they had a previous scholar contact before me. Yeah. Um, so that was one. Uh, <laughs> That was a little bit hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Uh, as you continue growing in your field and you're uh, going through uh, your professional progress here at CSU, um, what are some areas of knowledge that you wish you could learn more about? Honestly, everything. Um, everything. We could wow. always be learn. I I think I could always be learning about everything that I work with. I'm constantly asking some of my colleagues for about requirements for their scholarships that they work with um like i don't know about all the scholarships that we work with so some of that um 
the policies around our undocumented doc students are constantly changing. Yeah, so is, yeah. I could always be learning a bit more about that. Um, and then you, I don't know if you read the report of or a news article that came out that uh, the Supreme Court is now going to take DACA on for next year as part of their case. They're going to make a decision on that. And it's going to change again. It's going to change again, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we could always be learning about that. So honestly, throw as much information to me right. as I can, and I'll try to retain <laughs> as much as I can. Yeah. I think that's vital for professionals to be open to learning and yeah. continuing evolving. I think, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't know if this is your experience, but when things, things get too static, it's too predictable. And when things are a little bit more dynamic, it, uh, it, give, it provides an area for growth. Yeah. And you can personalize more absolutely the resources or solutions that students are seeking because every student is going to come with their own unique set of challenges. So Absolutely. So, Eric, uh, going back to TRIO, uh, because you serve so many first-generation students and, and you go through that process of uh, being their scholar contact and making sure that they're uh, following all their goals and objectives to continue receiving the scholarship, being a TRIO student um, also comes with its own set of challenges. Being a first generation, being low income, uh, a TRIO student really has no foundation or no resource to connect to college, uh, aside from campus visits. Um, what would be some advice that you would give a TRIO student uh, if they were first time coming to meet you, or maybe even trying to look at CSU or a different yeah. university uh, to, to connect? Um. I'm not too sure on what advice, but more of something to keep in the back of your head kind of thing. Um, recently, maybe one or two months ago, I was even to this day telling my supervisor that I felt like I didn't belong here. I was like, I don't huh. know if this job is for me because like, it's just something I would never think about, like being here at a university, like working at a university. Like, I didn't even know what college was. Now I'm working for one. It's like, yeah. so. You made a huge leap. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think something to keep in the back of their mind is that you belong where you're at. Um, and if you want to go somewhere or if the opportunity comes to be someone, like, do it and you're, you belong there. Like, you've earned your spot where you're at and just keep going. I think that's a very important point that you just brought up. Uh, and again, you, you keep making great points. That sense of validation when students arrive on campus. I think the intimidation factor starts setting in and then you feel, uh, what's that uh, the term called, imposter syndrome. Yeah. That whether or not you belong at a college, you're saying validate that student's experience of belonging here. Yeah. Yeah, because, or even once they graduate, it's like, okay, you belong, go get that job or pursue that master's yeah. degree or something like that. Like, so yeah, you, you also too. spoke a little bit about not belonging at a university position, like yeah. working as a staff member. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I don't want to get too in-depth. Sure. Then, um, but you were a first-generation true yeah. student working at a, as a staff member now. That's correct. So, so I believe it's just that's the only reason why I didn't feel like I belong. Um, I thought I was going to be working construction or kind of going back to where I was working every summer, which is in the company with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dad works at a company, a construction company, and I was going to work right with him and move my way up. I was like, okay, now I got a degree. I'm gonna just work my way up, but I'm in a completely different field now. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. working with students. It's a completely different mindset over here, right? Yeah. Uh, 
And I can relate to your experiences because I, I a long time ago, had similar thoughts. Uh, my dad worked for a construction company. My dad encouraged us to go into the construction company to work with him. And uh, I'm pretty sure you thought the same was like, there's got to be more and there's got to be a different way to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you can you walk us through that part of, of your life and say, so how did you end up coming to college? <laughs> like, what finally made you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the dive. Yeah, um, coming to college wasn't much of a thought process. I just kind of went with the flow. Okay, yeah. Um, talent search helped me um, waive my application fee. I was like, all right, so I'm going to apply. Like, the worst that can say no is or the worst they can say is no yeah. and then go from there but I wasn't wasting any money so I just applied and I came in um, I did my orientation and everything I'm like alright let's just register for classes I took it one one step <laughs> at a time and then yeah. I graduated so what's the most memorable thing from TRIO that you remember that did? either it's a trip or your friendships or anything like that what is something that sticks out in your mind being a, a talent search TRIO participant I think um, as a student, it would be my trip to to New York. It was my first time like leaving on my own. Okay. So I've only I was born in California, so I've only wait 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 what part? Pretty much to California and back. Um, so, Southern California. Oh, you were born in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, I was San Diego. Born in L.A. and then no. I lived in San Bernardino or Colton area. I was born in Los Angeles as well, yeah. uh, Norwalk. <laughs> so. Um, and then we visit Mexico every now and then because yeah. that's where my family is at. Uh-huh. And then, but New York trip was the first time I left and like on my own. So seeing all those colleges and trying to picture myself there is like, oh, this is this is real kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a surreal experience yeah. when a trio student can set foot on a campus and then reflect on that experience and say, mm-hmm. I could go here. Yeah. I could be here. Yeah, and I applied to one of them that we visited, and I got uh-huh. accepted, but it was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. is the case with a lot of colleges, right? It yeah. just becomes too much. And then my most memorable memory or experience with TRIO as a staff was um, working as a TC, and some of the students just say they miss me or um, oh, I, was, nice. I was impactful or stuff yeah. like that. Those, those are pretty good yeah. memories, yeah. That's a re- that's really cool when uh, students, former students, can come back and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, you really made an impact on my life." Yeah. I recall you doing this for me. That's amazing. Yeah, they sometimes some of them reached out and see if I can help them with the application. Um, oh, that's scholar- cool. Scholarship application. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you work with scholarships. Can you help me? I'm like, sure, I can help you out. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so Eric, it sounds like uh, you went from uh, not knowing a lot about colleges, being a trio student, and now you've set foot on campus, graduated with your bachelor's now working for Community for Excellence. So you're truly a good example of uh, a, trio, a trio student working their way into the system and giving back. Do you feel like that? Like you're kind of kind of giving yeah. back in that sense? Yeah. So like I said before, I still feel like, like I don't belong or... You do like, belong, Eric. You do belong. <laughs> and I now know and I, I share this with students. It's like we, we've made it this far and we can, and we can go for, further. Yes. So um, I do feel like that. Um, I like, like I mentioned earlier, I like when students see themselves through my experiences um, or I, I see myself through theirs and we kind of build off of that conversation. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so far in this interview, you've revealed a lot about the inner workings of Community for Excellence, how it works and how, what it does. What other services do, does it provide? The main um, 
I guess the main service is the mentorship um, outside of the scholarship, of course, um, is the mentorship that there's a scholar contact at any point that they need us. Um, just email and we'll, most all of us will find a way to meet with him. Okay, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, do you play a role in any way for orientation and transition programs uh, to help students kind of transition as they're going in or is that a role that is separate? Um, briefly, we do host welcome dinners. Um, towards the end of day one of orientation, we host an orientation dinner for all C4E students. And we talk to them about what the Community for Excellence is, what the Community for Excellence is, and we um, introduce a small portion of um, our staff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are now about 45 minutes into our interview, Eric, and I just want to say again how grateful I am that you were able to come in and talk about your experience <laughs> yeah. and and finally, right. <laughs> finally, we got to finally got to get together. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to have some more, couple personal questions for you if you're open to answering them. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your experience as a CSU student? Yeah, where do I begin? <laughs> Start I at the beginning. Um, so Key Communities is another community that a lot of TRIO students um, go through. So I was part of that my first year. It wasn't the greatest experience. Um, Why? Just I think it was just my cluster. Um, it just wasn't very um, like united, I guess. It wasn't very, um, yeah, united, like. They didn't stick together very much. Okay. They were, yeah, they weren't, they didn't hang out at all. They, there was really no cluster activities, which is the, like, social events or anything. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of got called to see if I wanted to be key mentors, and I did it, and that's when I started being involved. Um, I started, I became a key mentor. I went to Outbreak with Slice. Um, I became a Slice Outbreak leader, uh, uh, site leader. Um, and that's when I kind of got a passion for talking to students and pushing them to their limits where they've, like, their uh, comfort zone, like pushing them out of their comfort zone and stuff like that. Um, so That's amazing. It so. was, yeah, it was a good experience. Awesome. And as, you, as your time at CSU was winding down, were you already thinking, like, I'm going to work for CSU, or were you, looking, were you picturing somewhere else? <laughs> Actually, um... I was thinking of going back to construction. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I became a TC. Mm -hmm. um, that's because they were really needing a person. And I was like, hey, I'll do it. Um, so I did it. And then right after that, that was a, just a summer program. So I knew it was coming to an end. And I said, okay, it'll delay my time to apply for jobs. And then I didn't apply for any. And then <laughs> I, got call, I got a call from C4E. I was like, hey, we just need a semester-long position are you interested? And I was like, all right, I'll take it. So there's another part-time. I was like, I'll delay my um, <laughs> my time to apply for jobs again. I was like, right. I'll figure it out in December when my term ends. And um, so, yeah, I never really thought about coming to CSU and working. I didn't really have a plan at all. Oh, I was wow, just, yeah. I was just going with it, and I literally took every opportunity I got. The stars aligned for you to work here, and, it's, and the, the university has certainly benefited for that. So you working here has made a huge impact on students and you continue to, to do the great work. 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to thank Eric uh, for stopping by the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of Eric by looking him up on the directory at Colorado State University. Uh, and again, Eric, thank you so much for being in the program. Yeah, thank you. And finally got the, your interview in, and now we can we can do a follow-up in six months. All right, we'll do a follow-up. Fantastic. Follow <laughs> uh, again, thank you, Eric, for being part of Let's Talk Trio, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. What a great interview with Eric and talking about his experiences being in the TRIO program. So again, a huge shout out to Eric for being on the podcast. Again, if you'd like to be featured on Let's Talk TRIO, please reach out to us on Facebook. Search Let's Talk TRIO and send us a message. I'd like to say a quick thank you to Amelia Castañeda, our producer, and a huge thank you to John Russell, our audio tech specialist. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio are Scott Kendall and Roderick Chambers. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.